0: Hello, you're listening to The Bible Podcast. We're reading through the Bible in one year, just a few chapters each day. Today is May 11th, and we're working through 1 Chronicles. We just finished up chapters 8 through 10, and today's reading is chapters 11 and 12. Chapter 10 is particularly important because it displays the narrative of Israel as a kingdom beginning with the death of Saul who failed to fulfill God's purpose for him as king and for Israel as a nation. Saul's death prepares the way for David, whom the chronicler, believed to be Ezra, regarded as the first true king of Israel. The chronicler needed to explain the failure of Israel as a kingdom, so after establishing the genealogical framework, he started and ended his narrative by describing the unfaithfulness of Israel's rulers. The rejection of Saul's dynasty exemplified and set the pattern for the rejection of Judah and the exile that followed. God rejected Saul because of his disobedience and unfaithfulness. Instead of seeking and consulting the Lord, Saul sought and consulted a medium, an act specifically forbidden in the covenant. God rejected Saul's family from ruling Israel and brought his dynasty to an end. Unfaithfulness to the Lord violates his covenant and alienates an individual or nation from the Lord. Unfaithfulness results in idolatry, greed, and injustice. Unfaithfulness brings judgment, just as the prophet Micah warned during the time of Ahaz. Avoiding God's judgment does not involve more sacrifices or or religiosity. Instead, the solution to unfaithfulness is... Seeking the Lord, becoming faithful to Him, and walking humbly with Him. Sometimes we really have to look at the dynamic of our walk with the Lord, and oftentimes we don't walk with the Lord because we want to, we do it because we have to. The Lord walks with us together in Pista, which means together or walking with. Things get better and we turn our nose on God and we give Him the finger and say, Okay, God, I've got it from here. And we begin to walk in a And it's separate, walking away from. And this unfaithfulness leads to idolatry, greed, anger, wrath, everything opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. The only way to restore covenant fellowship with God is to repent and to seek Him. I covered it in an earlier episode. And in the Hebrew, it's... Teshuvah means to turn 180 degrees from what you're doing and the path you're heading down now, walking away from God or apista, and to repent, turn 180 back to God, restore the covenant, seek Him, and continue your walk. And whether times are good or bad, thank the Lord. Walk in praise and supplication. Raise your hands to the sky to show the Lord you've given up control. And that you've truly recognized not only has God given you your breath, but has complete and utter control over your life. Remember the three P's, prayer, praise, and prostrate. Get on your face, repent, and seek him. Alright, let's get started. Chapter 11. Then all Israel gathered before David at Hebron and told him, we are your own flesh and blood. In the past, even when Saul was king, you were the one who really led the forces of Israel. And the Lord your God told you, You will be the shepherd of my people Israel. You will be the leader of my people Israel. So there at Hebron David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel, and they anointed him king of Israel, just as the Lord had promised through Samuel. Then David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, or Jebus, as it used to be called, where the Jebusites, the original inhabitants of the land, were living. The people of Jebus. Taunted David saying you'll never get in here, but David captured the fortress of Zion Which is now called the city of David David had said to his troops whoever is first to attack the Jebusites will become the commander of my armies and Joab the son of David's sister Zeruiah was first to attack so he became the commander of David's armies David made the fortress his home and that's why it's called the city of David He extended the city from the supporting terraces to the surrounding area while Joab rebuilt the rest of Jerusalem. And David became more and more powerful because the Lord of Heaven's armies was with him. These are the leaders of David's mighty warriors. Together with all Israel, they decided to make David their king, just as the Lord had promised concerning Israel. Here is the record of David's mightiest warriors. The first was Yahshobam Haqmanite, who was the leader of the three, the mightiest warriors among David's men. He once used his spear to kill 300 enemy warriors in a single battle. Next in rank among the three was Eleazar, son of Dodai, the descendant of Ahoah. He was with David in the battle against the Philistines at Pazdamon. The battle took place in a field full of barley, and the Israelite army fled. But Eleazar and David held their ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord saved them by giving them a great victory. Once when David was at the rock near the cave of Adullam, the Philistine army was camped in the valley of Rephaim. The three, who were among the 30, an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet him there. David was staying in the stronghold at the time and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked longingly to his men, "'Oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem and brought it back to David. But David refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. God forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are examples of the exploits of the three. Abishai, the brother of Joab, was the leader of the thirty. He once used his spear to kill three hundred enemy warriors in a single battle. It was by such feats that he became as famous as the three. Abishai was the most famous of the thirty and was their commander, though he was not one of the three. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Once, armed only with a club, he killed an Egyptian warrior who was seven and a half feet tall and whose spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. Benaiah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Deeds like these made Benaiah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than the other members of the thirty, though he was not one of the three. And David made him captain of his bodyguard. David's mighty warriors also included Asahel, Joab's brother, Elhanan, son of Dodo from Bethlehem, Shammah from Herod, Helez from Pelon, Ira son of Akesh from Tekoa, Abiezer from Anatoth, Sibachi from Husha, Zalman from Ahoah, Mahari from Netapha, Helad son of Bana from Netapha, Ittai, son of Ribai, from Gibeah in the land of Benjamin, Benaiah from Piraton, Hurai from Nir Nahail Gosh, Abai Albon from Arabah, Asmavith from Bahurim, Eliaba from Sheobon, the sons of Jason, from Gizon, Jonathan, son of Shagi from Harar, Ahiam, son of Sharar from Harar, Ilifal, son of Ur, Hefer from Mechara, Ahijah from Pelon. Hezro from Carmel. Peirai from Izbai. Joel, the brother of Nathan. Mibar, son of Hagri. Zelek from Ammon. Nahari from Beiroth, who was Joab's armor-bearer. Ira from Jatir. Garib from Jatir. Uriah the Hittite. Zabad, son of Ali, Adina, son of Sheza, the Reubenite leader who had 30 men with him. Hanan, son of Maka. Josaphat from Mithnah, Uziah from Ashtaroth, Shammah and Jeiel, the sons of Hotham from Aroer, Jadiel, son of Shimri, Joah, his brother from Tiz, Eliel from Mahava, Jerubai and Josheviah, the sons of Elnam, Ithmah from Moab, Eliel and Obed, Jaziel from Zobah. Chapter 12 the following men joined David from Ziklag while he was hiding from Saul, son of Kish. They were among the warriors who fought beside David in battle. All of them were expert archers, and they could shoot arrows or sling stones with their left hand as well as their right. They were all relatives of Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. Their leader was Ahazer, son of Shema from Gibeah. His brother Joash was second in command. These were the other warriors. Jeziel and Pele, sons of Asmaveth. Barakah, Jehu from Anatoth, Ishmaiah from Gibeon, a famous warrior and leader among the 30, Jeremiah, Jahaziel, Johanan, and Josabad from Gedorah, eluzai, Jeremoth, Bealiah, Shemariah, and Shephatiah from Haruf, Elkanah, Isiah, Azarel, Joezer, and Jashubim, who were Korahites, Jolah and Zebediah, sons of Jehoam, from Gedor. Some brave and experienced warriors from the tribe of Gad also defected to David while he was at the stronghold in the wilderness. They were expert with both shield and spear, as fierce as lions and as swift as deer on the mountains. Ezer was their leader. Obadiah was second. Eliab was third. Mishmaunah was fourth. Jeremiah was fifth. Atai was sixth. Eliel was seventh. Yohanan was eighth. Elzabad was 9th, Jeremiah was 10th, Macbanai was 11th. These warriors from Gad were army commanders. The weakest among them could take a hundred regular troops, and the strongest could take on a thousand. These were the men who crossed the Jordan River during its seasonal flooding at the beginning of the year, and drove out all the people living on the lowlands in both the east and west banks. Others from Benjamin and Judah came to David at the stronghold. David went out to meet them and said, If you have come in peace to help me, we are friends. But if you have come to betray me to my enemies when I am innocent, then may the God of our ancestors see it and punish you. Then the Spirit came upon Amasai, the leader of the thirty, and he said, We are yours, David. We are on your side, son of Jesse. Peace and prosperity be with you, and success to all who help you for your God is the one who helps you. So David let them join him, and he made them officers over his troops. Some men from Manasseh defected from the Israelite army and joined David when he set out with the Philistines to fight against Saul. But as it turned out, the Philistine rulers refused to let David and his men go with them. After much discussion, they sent them back, for they said, It will cost us our heads if David switches loyalties to Saul and turns against us. Here is a list of the men from Manasseh who defected to David as he was returning to Ziklag. Adna, Josabad, Jediel, Michael, Josabad, Elihu, and Zilatai. Each commanded a thousand troops from the tribe of Manasseh. They helped David chase down bands of raiders, for they were all brave and able warriors who became commanders in his army. Day after day, more men joined David until he had a great army like the army of God. These are the numbers of armed warriors who joined David at Hebron. They were all eager to see David become king instead of Saul, just as the Lord had promised. From the tribe of Judah there were 6,800 warriors armed with shields and spears. From the tribe of Simeon there were 7,100 brave warriors. From the tribe of Levi there were 4,600 warriors. This included Jehoiada, leader of the family of Aaron, who had 3,700 under his command. This also included Zadok, a brave young warrior, with 22 members of his family who were all officers. From the tribe of Benjamin, Saul's relatives, there were 3,000 warriors. Most of the men from Benjamin had remained loyal to Saul until this time. From the tribe of Ephraim, there were 20,800 brave warriors, each highly respected in his own clan. From the half-tribe of Manasseh, west of the Jordan, 18,000 men were designated by name to help David become king. From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. From the tribe of Zebulun, there were 50,000 skilled warriors. They were fully armed and prepared for battle and completely loyal to David. From the tribe of Naphtali, there were a 1,000 officers and 37,000 warriors, armed with shields and spears. From the tribe of Dan, there were 28,600 warriors, all prepared for battle. From the tribe of Asher, there were 40,000 trained warriors, all prepared for battle. From the east side of the Jordan River, where the tribes of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh lived, there were 120,000 troops armed with every kind of weapon. All these men came in battle array to Hebron with the single purpose of making David the king over all Israel. In fact, everyone in Israel agreed that David should be their king. They feasted and drank with David for three days, for preparations had been made by their relatives for arrival. And people from as far away as Issachar, Zebulun, and Naphtali brought food on donkeys, camels, mules, and oxen. Vast supplies of flour, fig cakes, clusters of raisins, wine, olive oil, cattle, sheep, and goats— were brought to the celebration. There was great joy throughout the land of Israel. Hey, now that's a party. Looking back in recent history, timing is vital. Charles Warren Fairbanks was born on this day in 1852. He served as vice president of the United States under Theodore Roosevelt. Fairbanks had desperately wanted to be president and would have had he timed it better. Fairbanks rejected an offer to be William McKinley's running mate in 1900. If he had accepted, Fairbanks would have become president rather than Roosevelt when President McKinley was assassinated in 1901. Fairbanks hoped to be the presidential candidate in 1908, but he didn't get along well with Roosevelt, and the president helped William Howard Taft win the nomination. David knew all about timing. Samuel had anointed him as king of Israel, but it would be many years before he actually took the throne. David refused to rise up against Saul, Israel's first king, opting to wait for God's perfect timing. This obedient attitude paid off handsomely for David. Hearing of the deaths of Saul and Jonathan, David avenged the murder of Saul and sang a lament over the fallen. He then moved to Hebron where he was crowned king. This led to war with Israel under Saul's son, Ishbosheth. Then Ishbosheth was suddenly assassinated At that point, the northern tribes crowned David king at Hebron, uniting all Israel under him. Looking deeper, God's great blessings are worth the wait. David had waited a long time to become king, and now his time had come. He had wisely refused to move before God's time. God builds our reputation during the hard times. The years of difficulty David suffered proved to be a blessing. The people clearly saw the character of this great man. We can do the impossible when God is with us. No one had been able to conquer Jerusalem, but David succeeded because it was God's will and time. He was God's man. When we go with God, we become more and more effective. David's power and reputation grew daily because he faithfully loved and served God. Good men are God's gift to the godly leaders. God raised up many mighty men around David to help him lead. And God always gives us helpers to accomplish our assigned tasks. Let's pray. Help me, Lord, to learn to wait on your blessings, even though the days seem long before they come. May I always remember that your will must be done in your time. I praise God for that, and I thank King Jesus for this time together. And I truly look forward to sharing time tomorrow as we work through 1 Chronicles, tomorrow's reading, chapters 13 through 16.